Turn in Benware to chapter 35, page 249, the book of Ezekiel, one of the great prophecies of the Old Testament. Ezekiel, whose name means strengthened by God, was born about 622 in the land of Judah. He was probably about 25 years old when he was taken to Babylon in the second deportation. And like Jeremiah, Ezekiel was a priest who was called by God to be a prophet. And you can see that in Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. And normally a prophet... Uh, a priest, rather, would be would go into service about well at age thirty, and so Ezekiel is just before the time of going into the priesthood and serving in that fashion, and he would have already gone through significant training. He was taken captive to Babylon in five ninety seven, and he gives the beginning of the prophetic ministry as being the fifth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity. His final prophecies were given in the year 570. Therefore, the date of the book would be somewhere around 570. Now, let's look at the outline of the book. We see it's in five parts. Ezekiel's Commission, chapters 1 through 3. Prophecies of Judgment on Judah, chapters 4 through 24. Prophecies of Judgment on Gentiles, chapters 25 through 32. Prophecies of Restoration for Israel, chapters 33 through 39, and the prophecies of reestablishment for Israel, chapters 40 through 48. Now the purpose of the book, page 250, left-hand column. Because Ezekiel was in Babylon when he began his prophetic ministry, it's clear that the captives of Judah residing in Babylon heard his messages. His messages informed his listeners about the impending and final judgment coming at the hands of the Babylonians. He also told of the days of glory and hope in the future. Ezekiel settled with the group of captives who were located in the Jewish settlements along the river Kibar. Now, these were channels of water used to irrigate the, the, um, the fields, and so they would be in these camps, and Ezekiel was prophesying amongst them. His messages were not confined to the people. Many of his words were aimed at the Jews who still resided in Judah and remained in their hardened unbelief. They needed this word from the Lord, and boy, did God deliver it through the, through the prophet Ezekiel. And the important data, key word is coming judgment and restoration. Chapter 36 is the key chapter, restoration after judgment. Verses 2, 1 through 7 are the key verses, along with chapter 36, verses 16 through 28. The key, key characters are the Judeans in Judah and in Babylon. Ezekiel is this prophet who's encouraging the people during the time of the captivity, and it's named after the chief person and author of the book. The geography is that of Judah and of Babylon. Now, special considerations, right-hand column of page 250. Ezekiel lived in Babylon during the final days of the southern kingdom of Judah. It's important to note that chapters 1 through 24 
are given before the final overthrow and destruction of Jerusalem. And in fact, Ezekiel has a vision of this, and we'll get into that, of the destruction. He gets to see it. This is critical for biblical prophecy in the future. These chapters speak of the sin and unbelief of Judah and are very stern pronouncements. But after the fall in 586, Ezekiel's message changes dramatically to hope and consolation prophecies, chapters 33 through 48. The ministry of Ezekiel pivots on the key historical event of the fall of Jerusalem. So Ezekiel is the one who gives us the details of what happened at the at the fall, in particular to how what happened with the temple and the glory of the Lord. He even talks about the returning of the glory of the Lord. Some key stuff here. Now let's let's dive into the summary of the book. And we'll see the first section is it records the call and commission of the prophet. He records his vision, the glory, power, and majesty of God, which accompanied his call, which is like nothing anyone's ever seen. He informed him that he was being sent to stubborn, hardened, rebellious people. His ministry would not be received well, so he's a bit like Jeremiah in this. But Ezekiel views himself as a watchman. He's obligated to do one thing. To sound the alarm. He's not obligated for the people's response. He's simply obligated to ring the bell, to, 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 to yell out that the enemy's coming, as it were. And if he sounds the alarm, then he will be faithful. And the text makes that clear. Now, I can't uh, pass this section by without mentioning chapter 1 and the vision of the glory of the Lord. Now, let me give you the summary first, verse 28. Eight. It says, Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard the voice of one speaking. And then it goes into the commission. I give, the, I give that at the end, because look at it. Ezekiel can't even describe the appearance, but the likeness of the appearance. For if you were to see God in his full, undiminished glory, it would be death. And, you know, if someone says that they heard, they heard from God... Take them to Ezekiel and say, well, this is what it's like when people hear from God. This is unlike anything ever seen. There's, there are the four creatures and the, the, the likeness of the beings is, is like that of, of different creatures and all of the, the bright images and the wheels within the wheels and the sounds of, of uh, what sounded like an army coming and just this avalanche of darting uh, fire and flashes of lightning and and every kind of unimaginable uh, brightness and in such a way that it's beyond words. I mean, some of the liberal critics that I've read have said that this was even an alien visitation. Nothing like this could be imagined, or that Ezekiel was somehow on some sort of um, drugs and was having uh, uh, some sort of hallucination. But, beloved, God cannot be described. And Ezekiel is trying to describe what he's seeing, and there's clarity to it. But when you see the Lord, it is something beyond description. And so when people just talk like they're hearing from the Lord or seeing the Lord and they do it so casually, 
it really goes beyond the pale because that's not the experience of Daniel and Isaiah and Ezekiel. And when we see the Lord, when we hear from the Lord, it is something that is really terrifying. Okay, that was free. Getting back to the to the message of the book, uh, page 251, the second section of the prophecy, the right-hand column, contains messages of judgment on Judah, and these messages were delivered during the final few years before the destruction of Jerusalem. And one of the unique aspects of Ezekiel's ministry was the large number of visual aids he used in preaching. This attracted the interest of the people who had grown tired to listening to God's prophets. But the message was one of judgment that was coming very soon to Jerusalem. So there's already been judgment. He's been carried off into Babylon along the river Kibar. But he's saying, look, Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. The people are thinking we're going to head back. This is God's going to deliver us. But they refused to acknowledge that, that they had broken the covenant and that they were, going, they were reaping the curses of the Mosaic covenant. Look at the bottom of page 251, and you see that they had refused to acknowledge that they were sinful covenant breakers, and in fact, Jeremiah and Ezekiel suggest that God preserved the righteous to keep them from the judgment of Babylon. So he was taking them into Babylon to protect them because Judah was going to face so much destruction, and those who remained, it fell on their heads in a special way. Top of page 252, second paragraph, this coming judgment is detailed in four signs. And using a variety of attention-getting devices, the author illustrates the completeness of the coming destruction or devastation on Judah. In case anyone wonder why this judgment was coming, the prophet gives three messages of explanation, chapter 5 through 7. One of the primary reasons for the judgment was idolatry. Then Ezekiel was given four visions concerning the idolatry of Judah, chapters 8 through 11.25. It's here that Ezekiel was given the important vision of the glory departing from the temple. Through the vision, God made it clear that he was moving out. He left the temple, which therefore rendered it no longer sacred. And I want to take the mark that I want to take the moment and say that, you know, the glory of the Lord, it lifted up. Ezekiel watches it. It lifted up. It hovered and it left the temple and it moved off to the east. Now you can see that in chapter 10, verse 18 and following, and you see that it moves off to the east. Then if you were to flip over to chapter 43, he returns or the glory of the Lord returns in the same way to a future kingdom a future temple rather, and that's a temple that's going to be erected during the millennium, and Ezekiel lets us know that, so it gives us further details about the events that are going to happen when the Lord returns. It's a very significant prophetic book, but we're continuing reading with Ben Ware, and let's skip down to, let's skip down to the third major division at the bottom of page 252. Third major division of the book consists of prophecies of judgment on Gentile nations. Ammon, Moab, Edom, Philistia, Egypt, and Babylon are included. And I will remind you at this point that you can turn over to page 98 in the book. Hopefully you're getting to know your friend, Benware, well. And page 98 lists the 
the various um, nations, the Ammonites there are on page 98, and you can uh, look through there, the Egyptians on page 102, the various kingdoms that are listed, you can read about these, and this section of the book covers them. And now, middle paragraph in page 252, well, let's pause here. I see that I'm over time, and we'll come back in a moment.